Good morning to all. Happy Tuesday. We left off quickly in chapter 4, which in the book of Revelation, which spoke of worshiping God in heaven. So today I'm going to go over chapter 5, which discusses the scroll and the lamb. And in John's day, books were written on scrolls, which were pieces of uh, papyrus or vellum up to 30 feet long, rolled up and sealed with clay or wax. The scroll that John sees contains the full account of what God has in store for the world. Now, the seven seals indicate the importance of its contents. And I say that reiterating chapter 5 that says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. Now the seals are located throughout the scroll so that as each one is broken, more of the scroll can be read to reveal another phase of God's plan for the end of the world. Only Christ is worthy to break the seals and open the scrolls as it states in chapter 5 verses 3 through 5 which read, But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now moving on, moving on, the lion, which is Jesus, proved himself worthy to break the seals and open the scroll by living a perfect life of obedience to God dying on the cross for the sins of the world and rising from the dead to show his power and authority over evil and death. Only Christ conquered sin, death, hell, and Satan himself. And I'm going to repeat that. Only Christ conquered sin, death, hell, and Satan himself. So only he can be trusted with the world's future. The root of David refers to Jesus being from David's family line fulfilling the promise of the Messiah in the Old Testament. Now moving on to verses 5 and 6, Jesus Christ is pictured as both a lion, symbolizing his authority and power, and a lamb, symbolizing his submission to God's will. One of the elders calls John to look at the lion, but when John looks, he sees a lamb. Christ the Lamb was the perfect sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. Therefore, only He can save us from the terrible events revealed by the scroll. Christ the Lamb won the greatest battle of all. He defeated all forces of evil by dying on the cross. The role of Christ the Lion will be to lead the battle where Satan is finally defeated, which is further down the road, chapter 19, verses 19 through 21. Christ the Lion is victorious because of what Christ the Lamb was, had already done. You know, we will participate in His victory, not because of our effort or goodness, but because He has promised eternal life to all who believe in Him. Now, moving on to verse 6, John sees the Lamb looking as if it had been slain. The wounds inflicted on Jesus' body during His trial and crucifixion could still be seen, I mean, clearly. It's just the markings, the proof, the evidence. Jesus was called the Lamb of God by John the Baptist. In the Old Testament, lambs were sacrificed to atone for sins. The Lamb of God died as the final sacrifice for all sins. And that 
you could read in Isaiah's chapter 53 verse 7 or Hebrews chapter 10 uh, verses 1 through 12 and 18. Continuing on, the horns symbolize strength and power. Although Christ is a sacrificial lamb, he is in no way weak. He was killed, but how? But now he lives in God's strength and power. In Zechariah chapter 4, verses 2 through 10, the eyes are equated with the seven lamps and the one spirit. You can read about all this going back and forth. Now, moving on to verses 9 and 10, the people from every nation were praising God before his throne. God's message of salvation and eternal life is not limited to a specific culture, race, or country. Again, Anyone who comes to God in repentance and faith is accepted by him and will be part of his kingdom. doesn't matter where you are, where you were born, who your parents are, what your financial status may be. It doesn't matter. Don't allow prejudice or base, uh, base bias to keep you from sharing Christ with others. Christ welcomes all people into his kingdom. The song of God's people praises Christ's work. One, he was slain. Two, purchased them with his blood, three, gathered them into a kingdom, four, made them priests, and five, appointed them to reign on the earth. Jesus has already died and paid the penalty for sin. So why do we continue to live in sin? He is now gathering us into his kingdom and making us priests. In the future, we will reign with him, worship God and praise him for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do for all who trust in him. When we realize the glorious future that awaits us, we will find the strength to face our present difficulties. The believer's song praises Christ for bringing them into the kingdom and making them kings and priests. While now we are sometimes despised and mocked for our faith, in the future we will reign over all the earth. Christ's death made all believers priests of God, the channels of blessing between God and mankind. Now, moving on to verse 11, the angels are spiritual beings created by God who help carry out his work on earth. They bring messages, protect God's people, offer encouragement, give guidance, bring punishment, patrol the earth, and fight the forces of evil. There are both good and evil angels, but because evil angels are allied with Satan, they have considerably less power and authority than good angels. Eventually, the main role of the good angels will be to offer continuous praise to God. The scene in chapter 5 shows us that only the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is worthy to open the scroll. Jesus, not Satan, holds the future. Jesus Christ is in control and He alone is worthy to set into motion the events of the last days of history.